Welcome to the Craft Beer Cast. I'm Josh. That's Jeff. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, Wells. Hello, everybody. How are you now? Doing great. All right. So <laughs> this is always where we talk the media part because, you know, obviously we do two and one. Uh, so, Wells, you talked about the Godzilla movie. Are they actually worth watching? The the, the reboots that are, are starting to really float around with this new one. So you saw the minus color. I saw I saw Godzilla minus one minus color. Color. Is it worth watching? Is somebody 100%. who used to absolutely fucking love those kaiju movies as yes. a kid? Yeah. Like, yeah, but does this... it does it harken back to any of that? Oh, like cheesy shit? No. Okay. No, this this is, is like it like more serious. Like, what's the tone of it? Godzilla minus one. Yeah, is like a a kindred. It's a cousin to Godzilla, like. The nineteen fifty whatever okay, which black is, and white one, which is cool. I, I yeah. didn't hate it's, that at all. It is dead fucking serious. Okay, there's like some light, sure some light moments to it, but right. this is like nineteen fifties Godzilla meets Jaws meets. Okay, I mean it's so it's not as much camp as some of the later ones kind of leaned into. No, oh god, there's no no man in suit in this. It's not a. I mean, it's it's a little depressing, but like this is the first Godzilla movie where I actually remember what the human protagonists look like. Okay, right. like that's racist. Usually, it's off. just stop it. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember Matthew Broderick was in one, right? right? right. Well, but I was about to Walter, say Walter White was in one of them. Yeah, it was, it was fucking Brian Cranston is is one, and and that's the thing. I, I barely remember it. To forget about that. Well, there's yeah, a, there's a, there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, garbage. No, I, I really enjoyed this. It is, it's different than like the legendary pictures, like Godzilla Kong aspects, where like right, they're yeah. benevolent gods, so to speak. Um, they're just misunderstood. Exactly. But yeah, this is like a different IP, and it's a little. I'm a little bummed that like they had to pull the theatrical run from the theaters so as not to step on the toes of uh, Godzilla Kong coming out in eight weeks. But still, like this, this is a Godzilla movie that crossed like the hundred million dollar threshold, and it's that's, just that's crazy. Not yes. not not insignificant that it was after Oppenheimer either, right? I mean, like, so there's right there's that. There's no Barbie tie into this. I'm a little disappointed. Oh, man, I know. I I really enjoyed this. Um, so that's uh, Godzilla minus one plus pink. I think is the one you're looking for. I don't know if I would watch an, a cut of this in hellish Barbie pink. Like I did minus color, but you know, I mean, it could be cool. Maybe if you put Margot Robbie in different scenes, like as an Easter egg, like if you notice her, <laughs> she's dancing in the corner or something. No, I just need instead of like Godzilla swimming towards a fishing boat, I just need her in a bathtub sipping champagne. Okay, and explaining financial things to me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Let's just go back to the big Look, short. Everybody's got their thing. We're not here to king shame. That's right. Uh, speaking of everybody's got their thing, you know, one of the biggest gripes that I had when I first moved to North Carolina was that I could not buy booze on Sunday. And then I remembered, oh, wait, I couldn't when I was in Kansas either. It didn't really change when I moved. However, our neighbor in South Carolina is might be changing some things. Oh, yes. Oh, see, this is what happens when I don't have a lot of time to prepare. Um, I segued the fuck out of that for I you, know, bud. You did. No, it's just that. How I did you not read and digest that entire article in the 35 seconds Josh was vamping? 
<sighs> okay, so there's a number of bills being worked through the legislature in South Carolina right now. <laughs> number is two. Um, one would legalize curbside pickup and uh, car make some allowances for home delivery. And the other would legalize uh, Sunday liquor sales. I mean, now, like, if I want to grab a, a liquor drink or a beer or whatever at, at, in South Carolina, I would have to, I don't know, go to a bar yep. or a brewery or a restaurant or a whatever. But now it's like, you know what? You can just go to a package store and pick up a bottle and bring it home with you uh, just in case you forgot to do your shopping on the other six days of the week. Which, to make sure that listeners are clued in, there is a big difference in between North and South Carolina. In North Carolina, all liquor stores are state-ran. In South Carolina, they are all privatized. Uh So, in theory, a private market should be able to do as it pleases, right? Like So long as the laws support support it, which... That was where, you know, my mind kind of got blown when I first moved here of I was used to growing up in Kansas where I couldn't go to the liquor store. But but they were private. Well, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, they were private there, too, which was always kind of weird to me. But blue laws exist. And that's when I figured out it wasn't like a, you know, bullshit thing. It was the blue law factor. Yeah. And then moving here to North Carolina and seeing the state run bullshit, I was like immediately like, let's go to South Carolina. Because uh, their liquor is cheaper. Scroll up, Josh. I want this next paragraph. So there are four states that ban uh, liquor bottle sales on Sundays. South Carolina. North Carolina. Whoop, whoop. Utah. Come on, I'm ready. No surprises there. Right. Yeah. And Texas. Yeah. Which <laughs> Texas doesn't surprise me either, Being having grown up adjacent to Texas. <sighs> I guess. Texas is a whole nother country, as they say. So there were a lot of interesting quotes out of this, and I kind of wish that I'd had uh, more time to prepare uh, for this recording. Um, I guess I could have just... Hey, it's it's it, it's my fault I had a crazy No, it's not day. yours. I could have gone through and, and reread some of these articles on my own time, but whatever. Um, <laughs> some people are saying, oh, this is going to put such a... A, a hardship on businesses like being forced to like staff for a seventh day. And I'm sitting here like, uh, you mean money in their pocket? Exactly. I mean, if you've got employees who are willing to work, let's first off, that's a whole thing. Right. But secondly, like there's a lot of people who are looking for jobs right now. Well, and, and, and not only that, but like the three of us are all Charlotte, you know, folk. Yep. If South Carolina said, Hey, you can buy liquor on Sundays. Ah, shit, I forgot to go to the ABC store on Saturday, and I've got a big party coming up tomorrow. Oh, I can drive the 25 minutes to get to Frugal McDougal and call it a day now. The number of people that, like, the amount of revenue lost by this is going to be enough that I think North Carolina is going to get their shit together and pass Sunday sales, too. Or, and hear me out, you just get the wing sauce truly seltzer and call it a day. (laughs) Yeah, you, you, could, right you could do that, too. Uh-huh. All right. Oh, no. Yeah, well, what, what's going on with a festival versus a brewery? Okay, so pardon me if I get the pronunciation wrong because I'm only reading it and haven't heard it. You have, because we've had their beer. 
Ravinia. Pretty close, close enough. Ravinia. Yeah. Ravinia. Either, either or, I think, is acceptable. Sure. So we, oh, we've had their beer on the show. Oh, that's cool. Food truck. Uh, Pilsner. We all liked it. Nice. So there is a brewery named after a neighborhood in Chicago that is running afoul of a music festival in Chicago. They are both named for the neighborhood, Ravinia. And uh, they're fighting. They're, they're beefing real bad. Uh, the music festival is suing the brewery for saying that it interferes on their trademark uh. and there's com- confusion in the community. And we had an agreement, but like the second you opened a second tap room, uh, that's deceiving people that think... I mean, look, <laughs> I, I haven't heard of the brewery. Jeff just corrected me like, I may have you had something, yeah. but I've never heard of this festival before. I'm also not from the Chicagoland area. Yeah. Um, it is a deal in Chicago. Like, like this it yeah. is, you know, in the, you know, it's an arts and music festival and, you okay. know, it's, it's, it's a whole thing, you know, and, and like it is a, it's like a summertime thing. I want to say it's not a full year if, mm-hmm. if memory serves and I could be completely wrong on this, but um, like, I don't, this is another one of those things, but I don't feel like the, I don't feel like there's any case here for confusion. Nobody's walking into a brewery going like, Hey man, where's the live music? Or nobody's right. going to the music. Well, I don't know. You might go to the music festival. Want to know where the beer's at, which is, is there because it's a music festival. There's going to be vendors selling beer, right. but, but is the Ravinia music festival going to be stocking Ravinia Baroon company beer? Hard they should, say. if they were smart. I mean, yeah, but this, this, this isn't like, what was it? Sugar Creek and Sugar Creek, right? Right. One has a space between Sugar and Creek and the other one doesn't. And But they're both breweries and we're going to argue about it. And like, look, the thing about naming your brewery after a geographical thing that is in close proximity. Should not be trademarkable in my opinion. You, you shouldn't be able to trademark that any more than the music festival should be able to trademark it. But... Exactly. At the same time, you know, you you know, you you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I, I just I hate this. I disagree slightly with what you just said because I I think that there could be reason for confusing Sugar Creek and Sugar Space Creek uh, because they're both breweries. This is the name of a festival, the name of uh, a brewery, and this is the name of countless other businesses in that area. I'm sure there's a yoga studio named this, but, but the brewery is the only one that's getting targeted. Yeah. Well, so just an easy example, um, you know, Wells lives in the Noda neighborhood, the Noda area. How many things are called Noda in that area besides Noda brewing? I mean, and the funny thing is, Noda Brewing isn't even in Noda. Yeah. It's in Optimus Park. Yeah. It's I know. across the street from Noda. Yep. But it's it's that that thing of, you know, it's this is dumb because, like we said, I am not going to walk into a music festival and go, This isn't a fucking brewery, bruh. Or I'm but, not going to walk into a brewery and go, Where's the fucking music festival at, bruh? Well, the Ravinia festival uh that their initial grounds were well sometimes ravinia brewing company has music and so they're Fuck like, off. like a singer songwriter or somebody can come in like do a set on a friday night uh, don't tell ever teach 
God. I, I think we're done points, with this. Points. I, we're done with this segment. I'm moving on. This is a dumb lawsuit. I hope it goes away. Jeff, this is your story. Did you actually read it? So this is a, this is a Chuck story. So okay. uh, Virginia's working on uh, fixing a law. So so we, we talk about dumb beer laws. This one, I, I don't know if we were aware of this one or not. But apparently in Virginia, there is what they call a food beverage ratio that a, a restaurant needs to earn at least 45% of their income from food. So like you can't just be a bar that has no food. Right. And if you are a bar... Okay, fine, but you also have to sell enough food that where forty five percent of your ticket, your your sales, are food. So you know, okay. like the article makes this great point in there about like, okay, so you go for like a two thousand dollars shot of McAllen. <laughs> that's you're gonna need to sell a lot of pizzas. Yeah, like yeah. I know Chuck sent this, and I I thought it was a fun sort of like uh, you know like just when we think we've got it bad, like we could be in Virginia, <laughs> right? This is dumb, honestly. And, and yeah. honestly, uh, Chuck, I whatever everybody else in this uh, room says bad about you, they should take it back. Oh, but you say it as well, so do you have to take it back as so? Mm, no. Yeah. Well, well, one of saying, us has to stay the course. He also doesn't live in Virginia. He lives in Beer Purgatory, aka Augusta. Still, wait, I just doxed you. Sorry, Chuck. Oh yeah. A, oh, a he's ch- coming for a you Chuck now. Chuck that lives in Augusta. Oh my god, there's so many. Um, and besides, it's Chuck's not even his real name. His real name is Redacted. Yeah, that's where that's where you add the bleep and post. Okay. <laughs> they, I cannot believe there's a mandate. In in the state of Virginia, how can you not though? I mean, we're in the Bible Belt, man. Virginia There's, though, yeah, it's still it's still there. It touches. It but touches. Like, imagine being, you know, a restaurant that wants to have like a good bar scene as well. You right. almost can't. Yeah. Like, do you force people to buy food? Do you you just, must buy. The, oh, you want this brew, uh, beer from the Vale? Guess what. You now own, uh, you now have to buy a steak. Yeah, that's right. Before you can have it. That's right. It's got to be a New York strip or above. Yeah, and like, I hate the fact that I'm making you buy the 20 ounce ribeye, but the thing is, the last guy came in and I forgot to charge him any food, so we need you to kind of make up the difference. Yeah, um, this one's Wagyu, by the way. You got you to gotta pay for the Wagyu. Sorry. It is what it is. If you want to sing from the veil, got to buy the Wagyu beef. This is absolutely stunning to me how the state can mandate just ratios of sales like this. Like if, if alcohol is legal and food is legal and you are selling food in an acceptable manner that does not run afoul of like food safety laws or whatever. And the alcohol has had its taxes paid on it. They can still tell you how much of each in proportion to the other you can sell. That's yep. some bullshit. Yeah. That's that's double speak at its finest. This is America. Yeah. Wow. Cool. I mean, I, I've seen some real dumb state laws on like during the years that I've done the show. That's up there. Yeah. That really That's is. That's really up there. That really is. <sighs> oh, I recognize this brewery. Yeah. And you put the story in. 
I did put the story in. That's so funny. what's happening? So uh, it, this is not a recent trend. I, I mean, it's been a many years long trend in craft beer where we've seen a number of satellite tap rooms open up. Um, I, I think Highwire is the first one that comes to mind for me. Where, oh, you mean the 5,000 locations? Or 13 or yeah, however many enough. they're up to now. By the end of this recording, they might be at 14. Who knows? But basically, the, the newest thing in craft beer is satellite tap rooms. Okay. Which we, we've seen to great success, actually, with Burial. Um, at least in theory. Like, every time... Except for when you took me for my birthday, because they just opened... There was hardly anybody there. Every other time I've been to Burial, it's been fairly trafficked. Like, not like super crowded, but mm-hmm. there are definitely bodies in that tap room. And um, I go Let to Mon- the floor. I go to Monday night on a, a semi regular basis, too. Uh, they have a satellite tap room location. Yep. A, a number of breweries have a satellite tap room location in, in Charlotte. Charlotte. Yep. Um, High Wire is just around the corner. I'm not. I don't know if they're doing as well as Burial is, or not as Burial, well, as Burial, or as Monday Night is. Weathered Souls uh, had every intention of operating as a uh, production brewery in Charlotte, but they never brewed on their system. So that would be a satellite brewery. Um, Gilda? Gilda Brews, here. Oh, yeah, most that's right. I most, forgot. I forgot. Most I forgot. of the things on their on their menu are are made here. Uh, but Frothy Beard out of Charleston. There you go. Uh, they have a system in house that God, I don't think Bramari ever brewed on. <laughs> um, I don't know if they brewed on it because I don't see the foot traffic in that building to justify it. What about the salty parrot pirate? that was there before them did they ever brew on it i would assume so because i I don't know where else they would get their stuff from fair enough so it's it's been just a couple years since that thing's been used but but back to your point i mean satellite tap rooms are not you know that big of a surprise they do make sense right like especially if so burial to me makes a hundred percent sense you've got Asheville. You don't want to travel all the way up to Asheville to have beer. What is the you know other beer destination, quote unquote, city in this state? It's not Raleigh. It's Charlotte. Like, yeah. So it, it fiscally, it made sense that Burial put in what they put in here. Yeah, you're not far away. Yep. You can haul stuff down from Asheville. Yep. It's not a big. Yeah, it's not a big deal. And, and you've, got, you've got the. You've got the clientele here to support it. You've yeah. got the population to support it. It and all they, and they dropped it right there in Plaza Midwood, which yep. was probably expensive, but yep. they'll make their money. Oh yeah, if they haven't already, it's a because they bought that space, <sighs> and this is oh no, you're buying space in Plaza Midwood and not like being subject to the the fickle winds of like rent. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um. Oh god, sorry. This is what happens when I don't prepare. No, 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 you're fine. Ultimately, in my eyes, and this sounds so bad to say it, but if it's a brewery I like, I'm all for it. Right. If it's a brewery that I could give a fuck about, right. good luck. 
Right. Like, if the Veil next week said, hey, guess what? We're opening a satellite tap room in Charlotte. Fucking A, let's go. I'm going to have sparklers when I walk in the door. Yeah. Or if other half did that, I'm going to have fucking sparklers and I'm going to woo. But if it was, I don't know, fucking stone, I'd be like, oh, cool. Voodoo is opening. Or, or voodoo. voodoo Brewing is opening up a. And and they call it like a brew pub, but it's just a pub pub because they don't brew there. Or that one. Oh, wait, no, that was different. That Never mind. Sorry. I, I guess, you know, for me, you know, I look at Voodoo as, you know, they're trying to do the same thing that Highwire and, and a lot of the others are. Remote tap rooms, you know, but I feel like with Voodoo, it's more of a like a, a more like uh, a predatory business model that is really just out there as a MLM, you know, like, like they're the first ones in, it might as well be, you know, Bitcoin, NFTs, Avon, Amway, whatever you want to call it. It's pyramid scheme. They're going to get their money while everybody else builds them up. Burial and high wire, even like, these are places that started out as a brewery and it's all kept in house, right? Like, right. So, so maybe, maybe what I'm saying is I have less of a problem with a brewery expanding and opening up tap rooms and other places. I have more of an issue with the like franchising. Right. No, just, I get that. I get you know, that. Like it's just totally. to, to me, that feels weird. And also I feel like there comes a point. I've, we've talked about this with high wire where I feel like you get to a market saturation point where, like especially here in Charlotte, there are people that still appreciate Highwire. I just don't know that there were enough for that location. Now, if Highwire were to close that spot in Uptown and take over the old Dream Chasers, they would blow it out. Absolutely blow it out. Yeah. I don't think that's cool enough for them, though. Even though it would be an absolute moneymaker. Oh, for sure. It, like a, yeah. an established brewery moving into there. Yeah, 100%. So margins on a keg, basically, if you're a production brewery and you have a like a keg of hazy IPA that you want to sell for, let's say, 200 bucks for a half barrel, right? Uh, you can like maybe manufacture that in-house and after taxes, malt yeast, electricity, like all the utilities it takes to make that. Your your cost on that is 140 bucks. You can sell that for 100 or for 200. You've just netted yourself 60 bucks. That whoever you sold that to is going to take that 200 dollar keg and turn it into I don't know a thousand dollars total. So their net is now 800 dollars on your 200 dollar keg. But that's that's the way the alcohol industry works. Um, breweries are finally getting to be smart enough that it's like you know what and and. But you risk running afoul of other brewery or not other breweries, other restaurants, bars, everybody that supports you by you're saying, you know what, like we have been selling you this like keg for two hundred dollars and letting you like net eight hundred. But you know what, we're gonna do the same thing too, and in your neighborhood or in your backyard, and that's gonna piss a lot of people off. So that's I was actually that's a very peculiar thought you have there. Very mm. peculiar. I was about to actually ask you that question yep. of 
You know, I think of like in in its heyday, and I have not been in a very long time, but my pizza peel, which is literally like four yep. blocks away from me, uh-huh. used to have some amazing fucking beers on tap. Yep. Good food. Uh-huh. But let's pretend that and this was before burial was burial, but let's pretend like that was a burial spot. Like yeah. I knew I could go there and they'd always have some amazing burial shit on tap. Yep. If I was the tap manager <clears throat> At that pizza peel, I probably would be pissed off that Burial just put a, a satellite uh, a, sat- a satellite tap room in my city, even though it's nowhere near me. Well, it's but not it's... near your pizza peel. Keep in mind, there is a pizza peel yes, a I block know. away from the other I know, barrel. I know, but I'm, yeah. I, you see what I'm saying? Like, as a tap room manager, from a tap room ma- manager standpoint, like, I, I might get a little offended that Highwire or Burial or beard is opening their own little spot and it's taking away from my business as a curator of this amazing tap list well but i mean that's the way the market goes it was always like here's this thing that everybody wants hop slam mm-hmm. and we used to get all excited about it and now it's everywhere yes bourbon county brand stout yes that was a big freaking deal and now it's still sitting at the harris teeter three months later nobody's buying it yeah, we go through these cycles ourselves. We are the reason for the bad market yes. because we're never happy with whatever's out there. Meanwhile, what I'm noticing more and more is that you have these kind of regionalized people groups that are starting to really kind of cluster at various spots. They find a place that's comfortable for them and they become regulars. You know, last time we were recording, I was over here at, at your teeter. And there was a group of people up at the bar. They clearly go there frequently because they all knew each other and they were all talking, catching up, having a good old time. Yeah. And I see that when I go to the buzz every week, these are the people like, I know I'm going to see so-and-so and so-and-so and and it's going to catch up. How's it going? Great stuff. Blah, blah, blah. You know, Grant puts on a lot of burial stuff. I don't think he's hurting that burial has a spot here. Now, granted, it's 45 minutes away. Right. But... Similar to, you know, over here in Cotswold, even if, you know, they had some uh, burial, uh, barrel age Saison on tap, even if that is over at Plaza Midwood, not everybody's going to make that drive. All right. Fair enough. Like if you knew that, that that bar had good taps all the time or for that point, the pizza peel, that's right over there. And you ever left the house. Yes. You know, that would still be important to you. Are they going to lose some business? Possibly. But you just pivot and go to the next thing. All right. Fair enough. It was a good thought exercise. I just thought I'd... Yeah, no. I'd be very curious, like, if you do run a restaurant or if you do work, you know, at a place that has, like, a a good curated tap list, hit us up, contact or hatemailcraftbeercast.com. I'm curious, what are your thoughts of... Brewery X is open to a, you know, a satellite tap room in your city. Does it affect how your business operates? Does it make you angry? Does it, do you not even care? Are you nonplussed? Whatever. So maybe I'm looking at this through the rose colored glasses of time, but I specifically remember when Noda Brewing was opening up in Charlotte, like before they even brewed, like for their tap rooms fully operational. They had poached, poached, right? I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say poached. Todd and Susie were regulars at the Pizza Peel, and they were able to 
hire on two bartenders from the Pete Spiel that they really got to know, got yeah. to enjoy, and were like, hey, like we're doing this thing. You just want to like risk it all and come work for us. Yeah. Um, but rather than being all like, oh my God, you just stole like two of my employees, the Pete Spiel's response was, oh, cool. So you're going to keep us up to date with every single thing that you do, and we're going to put it on, right? Like yeah. there was a direct line of communication. Like everybody stayed in contact. Yep. I think you, you can make the most out of this. Exactly. The the other way is to go completely sour on things. Scorched and you, earth. And and you can be like, I just remember several years ago that a, a local business owner is like, I'm sick and tired of like, like the margins that craft beer manufacturers enjoy, and I'm just going to like start brewing my own beer and. This, that, and the other. And I had to be the one that sat down with him because I wanted to interview this guy and tear him apart. And it turns out he just didn't know that the margins on craft beer are like, dude, you're going to make so much more money operating a bar than you are a brewery. Oh, wow. I never thought about it like this. And that never came to pass. Right. But meanwhile, like... He's looking at the brewery taproom model, like the combined yeah. model is being a threat to his business. It's absolutely not. But these satellite breweries are 100% a threat. Sure. To, to them. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, like it's, it's probably similar to, you know, the franchisee that has the McDonald's in your small area and then a Wendy's comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you know, like you've got, you've got competition. Get good, son. You know, like I get it. I, I understand. You know, we all like, look at when you boil it all down, we all as humans want to make the most money for doing the least amount of work possible. Yes. Yep. And we get into our own feelings of comfort and status quo. And I want to sell that, my beanie baby for this much. When when my status quo gets shifted and now I suddenly have to either work harder or spend more money, that doesn't, I don't like that. Yeah. I was happy before. Yep. It's, but sometimes like you need to get out of your shell and, and, and be okay with a change. Change will do you good. Cheryl Crow said it, right? Every day is a winding road. God, both of y'all. <laughs> is it time for break? Oh, wait, no. No, we, we still stories. have more stories. Controversy brewing in Oregon. Really? <laughs> What's going on in Oregon? What's going on in Oregon? Yeah. So it's not uncommon for uh, states to levy sin taxes against things, right? Like, oh, you want to smoke or you want to drink or you want to smoke legal marijuana or or you do know, mushrooms whatever. or heroin because it's Oregon. You can do whatever you want. That's kind of true. But, you know, that's fine. We'll legalize it, but we're going to tax it. Um, taxing it's one thing, but increasing taxes under bullshit justification is another. And Oregon, the state of Oregon, uh, seems to be caught in a little bit of a trap now because they've uh, lobbied hard for, a uh, committee has lobbied hard for and pushed for an increase in excise taxes for alcohol under the statement of justification of, well, this is going to help uh, decrease problematic drinking. Except false. A study has shown, like a study they commissioned has shown that is false. 
but they decided to you know, spend state money on this study and uh, bury the results. But, you know, Freedom of Information Act and all that fun stuff. Right. Um, this study has come to light that the reasons for them increasing the excise tax in, in order to decrease consumption, they knew going into this, this was bullshit. Yeah. And they keep pushing for it anyway. Because it's it's an easy headline. It's an easy, like... You don't even have to read the 500-page document about it. You just know, like, oh, yeah, I bet if we raise the cost of everything, people would drink less. Yeah. I, 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 you know, after walking away, staggering away, whatever, from, you know, a bottle share this weekend, this last weekend, um, I'm here to tell you that cost doesn't, like, that's not going to stop people. No. It's like they're either going to find, you know, cheaper things to drink or more things to drink. Or stronger things to drink, like. Well, and, and meanwhile, half joking, like most drugs are legal in Oregon now. Like, yeah, right. Like, th- this is the hill you want to die on, right. really? Yeah, where where were you like fifteen years ago? Yeah. So they have they spent all this money on public messaging for like this is why we're going to be increasing this excess tax, but it's based on a study that completely disagreed with them. Like, bro. Next, you're going to tell me those vaccines give me autism. (sighs) I'm a helicopter. All right, so we're talking about Britain's pubs again. Yeah. What's up, Josh? I don't know. That, that, That was another Wells one. Wells basically curates our news, but I will say they did kind of pushed the nitro stout takeover and it has really not even in britain like really it when you thought of guinness even jeff back in the day when you thought that was a fancy beer right oh, right yeah yeah and you can remember the first time you ever got a nitro pour of it and oh, you yeah. were like what is this this is the coolest thing ever this is fucking amazing look at all those little bit of bubbles like i even this and, beer, they, and this, they cascade this like, beer is so strong and so dark i'm gonna get ripped after one pint of this on a 4.2 percent beer uh meanwhile like me um in the homebrew world and that was back when i had a kegerator and like i even started to investigate like nitro gas like because i started to see like hey, this pours differently and the beer tastes different. And this is actually kind of cool. Like, I remember the first time I ever had a nitro poured IPA and I was like... <laughs> That's gross. Oh, this is really cool. Like, no, this is gross. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Um, I don't want a creamy IPA, man. Oh, but it was so good. Nope. It was. I don't believe you. Okay. I've had a nitro IPA. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah, on purpose. It was, it was my first ever brewery tour at Red Hook in uh, Seattle. Okay. And your thoughts on the Nitro IPA? It's fucking delicious. Right? He's wrong. It's okay. He can be wrong. It happens. Fine. So uh, Guinness is uh, apparently becoming like the new hot shit among young drinkers these days. (laughs) Everything old is new again. Right? When when do I get my Jinkos? I feel like the one thing that's never gone out of style with young drinkers is Natty Light. It is... Has... And was and forever will be. Good God, you're right because Paps had its moment, right in the sun. And who drinks Paps now? Nobody. The olds. But it's always Natty Light. Natty Light will remain a college beer forever. Yep. That's right. Shit. 
drank Pabst on Friday. What right. the fuck? You're an old. Shut the fuck up. You're I'm an old. old. Now, you came in with your uh, flannel shirt the other time and Josh made fun of you. Sure. So, as as we all remember, COVID kind of kept people away from going to bars, going to pubs, doing things they are typically used to doing. But uh, whereas a lot of breweries started to pivot uh, towards package, right? Like Guinness, weirdly, like people can't quite figure out how to pour a bottle or a can of Guinness at home. <laughs> Even though they're like nitrogen and they have the little widget and everything in them. And it says it literally on the package how it, to do it. Exactly. Well, uh, so in 2021, uh, Guinness launched a Looks Like Guinness campaign that's basically like, don't you just miss the way this looks? Don't you just miss the way this tastes? Don't you and, wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Sure. But basically... In in a let's face it, Guinness a, a, a well poured pint of Guinness looks amazing. Yep. The cascading of bubbles. Uh, this episode is not not sponsored by anybody and is not sponsored by Guinness. It gets or me all tight my, uh, or anybody. I can't lie. It gets me all tight in my pants when I see it. It's beautiful. But, it really is a thing of beauty. But there, there's something about like in the media mainly like I'll talk movies, you know, like when you see that there's something about when you see that pint of Guinness, it's like the Ninja Turtles pizza. Like there will never be a pizza that will taste as good as I think the Ninja Turtles pizza tastes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, like it'll yeah, just no. never quite work. I was watching uh, the, the Kingsman the other day. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, damn, that stout looks good. Well, I mean, I, and I could buy it day in and day out. I, I will never forget. So, you know, we do, we did our London trip. We're in Shoreditch, I think in London, like, I'm tired. I'm angry. We had just spent a day like walking around doing all the touristy shit. And we stopped by this pub and they had Nitro Guinness. And I was like, fuck it. Gotta. 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 And there was this, it was outdoors. There was this gold, you know, or brass bar rail. And I'm like, oh God. Yep. So I, I, I go get the Guinness. You know, I'm, I'm a little overly socialized, so I'm like, I tell the wife, I'm like, look, I, I got to go outside. I just need a break from everything. Put it down there. And I literally, like, I'm a fucking stoner. Sit there and watch it just yeah. cascade up and go, okay, this is a life-changing experience. I, like That's one of those things that, like, you, like, you know, we've been doing this show for 500-some episodes for 10-something years and we're, you know, it's like you haven't figured it out already. We get really jaded about a lot of things. But yes, sometimes like it's okay to sit back and actually enjoy enjoy a Guinness in the UK in the moment. Yep. Like, how, like there's nothing wrong with that. No, it was it was fucking amazing. Are are you going and buying Guinness every day? No, no. you're at a place. It is like like you're, it is just it is an experience, and sometimes like we often we get wrapped up in is this beer a good beer is that brewery a good brewery, but like sometimes the experience supersedes all of that. Yes, thousand, and that's okay. So we, I mean, we as a culture have kind of gotten used to taking things home with us, yeah, or or grabbing it from the store and taking it home. And even though we can buy nitrogenated cans or bottles of Guinness, 
there's just something about the experience that a lot of people miss during COVID. Yeah. And it's experiencing like the trogenated stout is going through a renaissance now. Like not the probably the first renaissance that they've had, but um, there's an uptick in in that sector. But it's not just Guinness that's experiencing a sales boost. It's other breweries that carry nitrogenated beers. This is seen in, in the UK as like a, a decidedly pub-only experience. And these pubs are like, yes, come on in and get your pint. Like, you, you can buy this beer from the grocery store, but it's going to taste better here. Yep. And damn if I'm not the target market for that audience. Yep. Like this describes me to a point because I don't drink Guinness at home. Right. If I'm going to drink Guinness, damn right. It's going to be in an Irish pub if I can help it. And it's it better be on fucking nitro. Of course it is. And I mean, truthfully, we're here in the States. It's, it's, I'm sure it's not as good, but at the same time, like who cares? Well, it is now. It, you're, that, we're, that... we're not, we're not talking about like mainlining Guinness on the regular. Right. It, well, sometimes you're at a place and it makes sense to have, you know, an Asahi super dry yeah. with your Japanese steakhouse. I mean, going back to what you said, Jeff, it was the experience, right? Like yeah. that was a hundred percent. Like I had been waiting for my, I guess if you want to call it my Guinness moment, like I knew the entire time I was over there, like I will have a fucking Guinness yeah, when I'm here. You have to, but I had to have the right experience in that, that, little fucking pub that I was in the experience of it. It all just clicked. And I was like, yes, this is the moment. This is the time. And, and it's a memory you'll carry with you forever. Yeah. Right. And, and like, there's something to be said for like, I know this is a macro beer, but I'm, you know, I'm at the source. How yeah. do I not? Yeah. You know, like at the bottle share, we're talking about um, how I'm going to uh, Russian river for plenty of the younger day. And a couple of people are like, "Man, you know, I'm younger. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's not, you know, it's all right. It's not that great. I'm like, but like, I've never been to Younger Day. I've never yeah. been to Russian Bush River. River. I, I've I'm, never been to California. So, so like, so you know, I'm jealous. like, I'm knocking all this stuff off at the same time. And I'm going to have an elder. I'm going to have a younger. I'm going to have all kind of stuff while I'm there. Plenty for president. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. Yes. Because at the end of the day, sometimes like, Again, we, we get so wrapped up in, oh, this needs to be like the top shelf hazy or the best bourbon barrel aged whatever. But man, sometimes just being at a place where the beer is good enough that you're enjoying it and there's no reason to get up and leave, man, step into that and, and enjoy life. 100%. Like, just really quick before we get into this last story, like, I will be going to Virginia. Uh, I will be going to near um, Norfolk, which is where the Vale, the source of the Vale is. Mm-hmm. And that's I, Richmond. It's in both. They have a facility in Norfolk too. Do they? Okay. Yep. Uh, I will be going there. And I know that it may not be the best beers on the face of the planet, but I know I'm going to be going with one of my best friends. And I know that experience I will be. I told you be, I couldn't go. I know. <laughs> I've, this is the first I've ever heard of this. That experience will be one of those. Somehow we ended up number seven and number eight. (laughs) That experience will just be one of those things where it's, again, like Jeff said, it's the experience. 
Yeah. And, and even then, like, you're not going to have a bad time at the Vale. No. It's right in your wheelhouse. It's yeah. the beer that you already like. Like, yeah. what, like, there's no way you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Unless you e- just like the service is shitty. And the yeah. best thing is you can get a chance to see all the other beers that that brewery makes that aren't just hazy IPAs that make it out in the market. Exactly. He knows Ex- what's up. My Ex- first time exactly. going to Triple Crossing, I'm drinking. Oh, God, yes. But I'm drinking pub ale oh. all the time because it's amazing. But it's that experience, right? Yep. And 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 Jeff's right. Like, we don't chase that enough. I feel like in the in the craft beer world, we we chase what's hot, what's popular. We don't chase the experiences. Yeah, and and you know, as as I'm getting older, I'm I'm realizing like, God, is this what happens when you get older? It, is, it, it is, is, it is, it is. It's, it's, it's so it's, like, like I was having this conversation at at the bottle share, right? Like so. Having been pretty decently hardcore into beer since 2010 plus, I haven't even been into it as long as other people have. And I'm kind of getting to this point where like everything's okay. Every, you know, like, like there's some, there's some high and there's some, a lot of low, but anymore, I'm, I'm looking for a good experience. I'm looking for a good, you know, like I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to buy the beer when I'm at the event, but sometimes it just, it's okay. I mean, all right. So I know we're going to get into this last story and I'm sorry. I'm delaying I feel like this, this so is much. a short oh, conversation. It is. It's going to be very short. We have a fucking bottle of Utopias. Yeah. Yeah. We have our fucking white whale. Yep. That Jeff and I have been chasing since we started this fucking show. Yep. And how long have we had it now? Um, oh, since it's Christmas. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking two months. Two months. And I know at the end of the day, it's just going to be okay. Yeah. I know it's going to be really freaking good. Okay. But not like $300 for no. a, a 20 ounce bottle. Good. Like, it's right. It, like, but like, 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 having it, the experience of having it with you guys yeah. is going to be the better moment yeah. than it is having that beer. Because, Correct. You, you know, like, again, like, Beer is beer is beer. You can go up to Toppling Goliath for, you know, whatever crazy day they have and get a 12 ounce bottle for $100 because on the secondary market, that's what it's going for. Like, right. they mark their shit up and that's fine. And I'm like, I'm, I'm cool. I don't need that beer. Yeah. I get that way with bourbon too. Like, people are like, oh, pappy, pappy, pappy. And I'm like, cool. One of these days, maybe I'll get to try it. And if I don't, I'll live. Right. That's the perspective, again, getting a little older, but also like, I I will say this to people because they get all wrapped up about a specific beer. And I'm like, listen, you don't have to believe me, but I just want to tell you that having sampled thousands of beers on this show, you get to a point of diminishing returns. Yep. That Monday night beer that we had last show beats the crap out of 95% of the Imperial Stouts out there. Yep. Hands down. Yep. But nobody's going crazy about it. Yep. So, you know, is that because it's a bad beer? No, it's just because people have their priorities fixated on the thing that's going to benefit them the best. Yeah. You're right. I'll get on my soapbox. You're fine. Uh, Well, you and I both found this story. Fuck this thing. But go ahead. Oh, boy. So we've talked about the conservative dad's ultra right light beer before. And I had a friend of mine send me this article. Uh, Hi, Melissa. Thank you for sending me this article uh, about this woke free beer venture. Uh, 
with an F rating now on <laughs> the Better Business Bureau. Like, I feel like you got to be really bad to get an F from the Better Business Bureau. Right? No, no I mean, to be fair, the to Better be fair. Business Bureau is like the Yelp of like whatever. It's It doesn't... A better business? ...really have teeth. However, I'm shocked. Shocked. Maybe not shocked that shocked. Shocked to my core. Maybe not that shocked. That like... A huckster hucks? A huckster hucks. It's it's complaints of this guy hucks. We haven't. Oh yeah, this guy just looks like a huckster. But oh, it's oh I haven't received my beer even though I had spent twenty dollars. Right. on a six pack of twelve ounce light beer cans like six months ago, and it still hasn't arrived. So this was the thing where the in in the kind of fallout after the Mulvaney Bud Light issue a year ago. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This guy came in and he's like, ah, yes, let me serve my people by making a beer that caters to the anti-woke, ultra-right, ultra-white, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And you could buy four packs of basically shitty light lager. And I think we even figured out who brewed it. Not that I care. And... You know, they were, it was just like the most expensive Bud Light ever. But, you know, you're, you're For $20. Yeah, but, but you get to own the libs. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. there's that. I mean, can you put a price on that, really? No, you can't. Yeah. So that, but, oh, but wait, but like when I don't get, but, but I, but I did put a price on it and I didn't get my beer. So, um, did I get owned? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Big shock. Yeah. Somebody who wasn't prepared to do this kind of thing, didn't do a good job doing the thing. I Yeah. I can't wait for this to quietly die in the night. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Basically, the person behind it's like complaining like or explaining, uh, we're only a four-person company and we're overwhelmed with orders. Um, sure. Uh, but there's so... We're a three-person podcast and we're overwhelmed with news. Yeah, we were a three-person podcast, and I just got really busy today. Um, yes, yeah. he hasn't quite. I mean, like I appreciate the fact that Wells always comes prepared. Show two. He is, two. He, this, he is always. Show, he, he's always like is a professor of the three of us. Yeah, and I'm the like hot take. I haven't done any homework, and I'm just shooting from the hip, and I'm a wild card, and I'm going to do my best to not let you get a word in edgewise. And Josh is over there like, I can't stand up anymore, so you guys keep talking. I'm going to sit down for a bit. Right. And that's okay, too. Like, yeah. it's a whole thing. Yeah. But that's the motto. I, it's, it's okay, Wilson. I have this article up on the phone because I was, I was looking for this one quote. Okay. And do, can you uh, dub in, like, the, the world's tiniest violin over this this quote from yeah, this I'm person. Yeah, I'm playing it now. You can barely hear it. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, the the website promised this person that they would receive their beer in 30 days. Um, he's been waiting since November. Okay. Quote, I placed an order for two reasons. One, to obviously give a pretty nice gift, but also to support the kind of company I thought was spearheading the movement of not shoving things down our throat all the time. Um, okay, so... so um, I'm, I'm going to do the, I'm going to talk to the second part first. This is absolutely shoving things down your throat. Like, 
that's the irony, right? Like, yeah. I'm not the only one right? that sees. Okay, no, good. No, no, you're no. Both, I see. I see. You're both nodding because it's just like, ah, oh, yes, anti woke and ultra right. We're, we're anti woke and ultra right, and we know what bathroom you're supposed to use on this. Yeah, and, like, Arr. look, I, you know, like I don't want to get political because I feel like there's no winning in that kind of conversation anymore because we can't have an argument, we can't have a discussion, we can't have a debate. Right. But this guy's a douchebag. Yeah. He absolutely yeah. jumped. He is an opportunist who jumped on on something, hoping to make a quick buck. Okay, here this is the dude, the 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 kid from the um uh the, the New Orleans brewery. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because he doesn't know what he's doing. He just assumes I have an idea. I'm an idea guy. And then like it'll all just work out. And I'm just gonna assume it all goes to plan. And then I'm over there, I'm like, I have a gun in my room. Sorry, I, I segued into Austin Powers too quick there. Well, no, no, no. It, it, this is totally... Let me just go take care of it right now. Yeah, right. The, the, this is totally the dude that bought $50,000 worth of fucking Pop Funkos and thought, I'm going to be so rich yeah. because I've got all the crazy variants that you want to buy. And oh, wait, it was only me and my mom and my dad. And now I'm trying to sort bro, through all these bro, boxes. Bro, 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 bro. Have you seen my ape collection? Bro, they're bored. They're a little come, bored. Come check out my apes. And uh, I just took a screenshot of them, and now you're poor. <sighs> Damn. Dang it, Bobby. Anyway, Grifter's going to grift, man. Yeah, Huxer's going to huck. Yep. Oh, Ave. All this right. This guy could have a gas station. He's got so many hucks. Midwest jokes. Yep. I got it. Let's go to break. We'll be back at 30. Well... Time for Vino Vine. And we're back. Jeff, how does that work? Hey, so let's talk about beer. You want to talk about beer? Let's talk about beer. So we've been drinking beer throughout the show, uh, as we do every episode. If you're new to us, um, I don't know what you thought we were going to be doing. Uh, we're, we're, you know, like drinking like Hawaiian punch, you know, with like extra oh. pineapple. Oh, that sounds good. Like, yeah, like crush up a little extra pineapple and put it in there. It's real good. Oh, um, but yeah, we've been drinking beer throughout this entire show. And we're going to talk about each of the beers that we had, and we're going to explain whether we liked it or we didn't like it. And you'll know because we will say, I would buy that or I wouldn't buy that. And basically, that's just our way to say, this is worth my money. Fair I enough. would acquire this if I had the chance. Sometimes you can uh, donate beers if you ever want to donate or make a trade. Contact or hate mail at craftbeercast.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at CBCast. Chef, first beer up. Yeah, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, we're reaching the end of the treehouse journey. Uh, you know, my uh, boss had uh, worked out a trade with me and uh, got a whole bunch of treehouse beer. And like we were talking off mic about how crazy it is that we're complaining about like there's so much treehouse beer and we have all this other half beer. Like, yeah, I know you're all hating us, right? Right. But the first one up uh, tonight is 
uh, uh, well, actually, these are all treehouse beers. But uh, the first one up is Oaked Julius. I don't, I don't understand why I gotta stutter so much. But okay, I see what you're doing there. Oak Julius, you know, is their regular. It's where Julius is their regular. Julius with two extra J's and two extra S's. Um, but then they aged it in oak barrels and then they dry hopped it uh, for some final conditioning. Um, I, I like this. I, I don't know that I love the original Julius, but this oaked one, I, I kind of like what the oak does to it. It just kind of gives it a different bit of interestingness to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like if I'm there and I see this, I, I, I pick up some more of these. Wells? Did not like this. I was hugely excited to try this. Uh, I, I think of oaked IPAs. They're a very rare thing. I worked for a brewery that made one. I also remember Cigar City making uh, uh, yeah, oak highlight. highlight. That was that was amazing. And so here I am trying this one thinking oaked highlight, but it's hazy, except it tastes kind of like musty and armpitty. Don't ask. Um, I'm. We're not shaming you. Mm, couldn't do it. Won't buy it. Josh. So here's the thing. Like you say, it's oaked, right? I don't get really a whole lot of anything out of it. Like <laughs> it's very dry. That's about all I'm getting out of it. Is some dryness. That does nothing for me. Fair nope. Enough. So no buy. Next beer up. All right. Uh, up next, Treehouse is very green. Green is one of their um, flagships, and so this is the imperial version of it. Um, I like this one. It, you know, it is still super hazy, but it has enough hop bite to it that it keeps me interested and doesn't just say I'm a swath swath boy. Um, I like this one. I'd buy it. Well, definitely got some bitterness to it, uh, which is a little rare for uh, the soft boy world. Uh, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to buy this. This is an interesting, uh, tasty beverage. An 8.3. Cool. Josh, your thoughts? It's always funny because when you look at Julius and Green, right, those are kind of the big two standards if you're talking treehouse. Um, I always thought Green was better than Julius, to be honest. It depends on what you're after, right? Because right. Julius is that orange creamsicle and yeah. Green is like more the west coasty hop right and this is fucking fantastic mm. like this is a yes absolute buy like please more of this let's let's go this path treehouse uh next beer up next beer up another double ipa from treehouse <coughs> excuse me this is super treat um super treat brewed with house yeast Citrus forward American hops, um, candy like backbone. We taste and smell orange starburst, sweet tangerine, lychee, and unfiltered, fresh squeezed orange juice. It's densely flavored but softly carbonated. Yeah, I mean it is a, it is a soft beer. I'm sure this is what you guys like. Um, it's it's um I, I don't I didn't care for this one. No buy. Wells. It's missing something that green had. And that's bitterness. Well, besides bitterness, I think I I think you're right. That that bitterness kind of distracted me from 
the lack of body and here it's just kind of it's not this is more a treat and not so much a super treat <laughs> um I don't know I'm just not feeling it 100% so I'm not going to buy it it's close though yeah Josh so let's put these up in like tiers right like I know everybody considers Julius like S tier. I don't. Uh-huh. To be honest with you, it's not my thing. I would much rather have something like this over a Julius all day every day. Really? Yes. Is it be- is it because of the lack of vanilla? I think so. And and it, like Does I- Julius actually have vanilla in it or yes. was that uh, at least some of the variants that we had did. Some yeah. of the variants, of course, but I'm saying Julius yeah, does not have that, vanilla. That I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that for sure. Um, I could look it up. I just don't want to. But that that creamsicle flavor is is not my jam to begin with. Uh, If this was how I'd been introduced to Treehouse, uh, I would have been fucking, let's go. Let's go, baby. This this is missing a little bit of more of a hot bite, but it's still there. It is a soft boy, but I absolutely love this beer. So I would buy this. Okay. Next beer up. Um, because Super Treat wasn't enough, how about I offer you boys a Mega Treat? Mega Treat. Um, the can says that this drinks like the most outstanding juicy hot beverage that you can imagine. And I pause to let that sink in. Because now you're thinking about... Yeah. The most outstanding juicy hot beverage you can imagine. I better get a juice bomb when I... Drink this. This is an orangey juice bomb. I, I just don't. You guys, you know, you know, I don't love the hazy IPA, and this is like I'm just I'm so, I'm so flummoxed. Everybody's you know palate says that you know these are great and I should like it, and I'm like this one's I like this one better than the last one. I would absolutely get this on a flight, but I don't want any more than a four ounce pour of this ever. Okay. Well, I like this better than the last one too, but to the point that I would actually buy this one versus the last one, I just asked for a, an additional helping of it. Helping like <laughs> ounce, maybe Go help yourself. Mm. I'm not going to do a full ass beer review, but I can fuck with this. It's, I'll, I'll buy it. Josh. So you know the notes that I said about Super Treat, right? Yep. Make this Mega Treat and home run. Like, okay. the the Super Treat was like a, a, a triple bagger. This is a home run. All right. Like, holy shit. Um, even though the orange juice Julius thing is there, I guess I like the expression of this better than just even a plain old Julius. So, yes, big, huge buy. I'd really love to see like a a breakdown of exactly what the recipe difference is between super and mega. Yes. Because there is definitely more of an orange lychee note. 0.4% alcohol. There there is definitely more of an orange lychee note in this than there was in the super treat. Yep. And I really, really fucking like that. Final beer up. Final beer up. The final treehouse beer. This is the triumph. It's a triple New England IPA. Because at less than 10%, that's what we're calling triple IPAs now. 
Meanwhile, Devil Dancer says... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Old phone, who dis? Right? I can't text on this. Also, go away with your... I'm a triple New England hazy IPA. Here's the thing. I have this weird dichotomy when it comes to hazy IPAs. I don't like hazy pale. I don't care for most hazy IPAs. Hazy doubles don't normally do it for me, but I get in this weird spot and resident culture somehow has a direct line to what I enjoy, but a hazy triple for whatever reason, like usually be it, it's almost like with singles and doubles, they're hopped aggressively, but not enough to really make an impact. But then you get into the triple world and suddenly it like pushes over the edge. And now it's like, oh, okay, this is a beer that actually has character isn't just like eating cotton. That said, I don't love this. Um, I was really hopeful. I was really excited for it. And I, I did that whole build up just to say, like, I have, like, I, I, I enjoy triple hazy IPAs. This isn't one of them. This is not one of the ones I enjoy. Fair enough. Mr. Wells. Uh, all I can taste is oats. Well, not all. I can taste other things, but like the finish is oats. Um, and for a triple IPA, I should be tasting like triple hops, but all I taste on the finish is oats. A little pop of bitterness, and then like a nice smooth oat finish, and I'm I'm kind of bored. Yeah, like the tri- this beer is called the Triumph, and I'm like. I can just taste yeah. your grain bill, <laughs> but it's not like yeah. soft enough. Yeah. It's not soft enough, soft. but it doesn't have like, <sighs> I'm bored. It's like 10 ply bud. I'm, I'm just, I'm just bored by this. And, and that's kind of the worst thing that I can say. Like the worst thing that I can say about a beer is it's like functionally bad. There's something wrong with it. It's got a flaw. I'm bored. I, I'm bored. Might be worse. Like, there's nothing... There's no pop here. You're not booing. You're not cheering. It's like, ah, cool. I finished this. Yeah. It's the triumph. I... It's the Dean Malenko of beers. It's, it's super strong, but it's aggre- nobody cares. It's aggressively mid. It's, Josh. It's the Dean Malenko of beers. No, this is the uh, Rock versus Roman Reigns that's going to happen at WrestleMania that nobody wants. Because it's happening this year. Have we not canceled the WWF in general? No, not yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. That's Dean McMahon's beer. Vince McMahon. God, whatever. I can't even shit talk right. Oh, I'm sorry. This totally had everything I wanted. Yeah. And it delivered none of it. And that's such a disappointment. It's a bummer. It's easy drinking, though. It is. It is very easy drinking. I didn't get you messed the, up. But, like... The, the sad part is, like... You could sneak that into my little other half mix pack and, you know, I've had enough tomato pies and and a few others that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, hey, this is cool. This is fun. And then I look at it and go, no, it's not. Yeah. That's such a bummer. So, you know, I I wanted to like this like on paper. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Like everything like I was I was primed to enjoy this beer didn't work out. Meanwhile, like, so I, I stumbled across a, a Vine Pair article. We had too many news stories to talk about this week. 
but it was the like evergreen mm-hmm. article about what <coughs> what style are brewers tired of seeing and of course they all said the same thing we're sick to death of hazy ipas right <coughs> or pastry stouts well, I know it, you boys love this or stuff. Or overly fruited stouts, too. Or overly uh, fruited uh, overly fruited beers. And it's like, if this tastes Smoothies. like if this tastes like fruit juice and not beer, that's because it is fruit juice and not beer. Yeah, um, yeah I, I saw that article, too, and it's like, ah, tell me something that I don't know. I'm yeah, like, gonna... it's the same thing they put out every year. Everybody's like, mm, you know what's really great is Crispy Boys and Pilsners and actually beer that requires skill. Instead, we're stuck making this hazy IPA garbage that everybody buys because everybody's buying it. Yep. I get it. I really, I truly do. I just, like, I'm... <sighs> I, I I keep thinking like maybe one of these days I'll just like suddenly be like, oh yeah, you know what? I think I actually like that stuff. It just doesn't happen. Well, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, so, you know, well, Stockholm syndrome to me, <laughs> syndrome to me into liking this style to the point where I feel like I know what I like when I like it. And when I don't, I don't. And when you have one of the most respected breweries in this style that is making this shit, you start to go, we have gone too far. It is time to stop. I, I, th- I think the problem is it's it's become too, like, as much as beer patrons were chasing all of the variants and all the stuff to check in on Untapped, I feel like the breweries then started chasing all the people who were chasing. Yes. Which is why... So many breweries have gone away from the flagship style IPA, and now it's a rotating amalgamation of their recipe, plus maybe there's a quarter ounce less of those hops. And now we're going to call it something different. Yep. But it's still the same, you know, like, yeah. I, I look at all, all this treehouse stuff we've had, and, you know, pre going into this, I was the one that was like, yeah, but I don't love hazy. Yet Treehouse is the one that I enjoy. And I'm looking at all this and I'm like, yeah, I like that green. Yeah. Meanwhile, anyways, it's time for I to tap that. Jeff, how does that work? Out of all of these beers that we've had, uh, most of which we've kind of poo-pooed all over. And I think it's because we as a group are, are burned out on Hazy IPA. Yeah, you guys aren't buying that. Nope. Um, <laughs> you know. No, I'm ready for my other half show. I know you are. Uh, you know. Out of all of these that we've had on the show, what would we most like to have a keg of at home? Um, which is especially hurtful for me because it's all hazy IPA. And it's my own fault. I played myself, right? Like, I set the lineup. Congratulations. You played yourself. I have no one to blame but myself. I will run laps when I get home. Don't worry. Um, actually worry. You might want to send, send an ambulance. I don't know how many laps I'm going to get done. It's going to be real bad, you guys. Real bad. Uh, I'll come back. You'll be like, how many laps did you do? be like, a quarter. Ooh, yeah, half of one. How big was the lap? Around the house. You only got a quarter <laughs> way around the house? Yeah, that's about right. Uh, but what's the one that we would like to have on tap? Uh, for me, uh, I liked the Oaked uh, Julius. Um, did I not say I was buying the Oaked Julius? Yeah, you said you weren't going to buy it. Okay. Well, then that leaves me only with the Very Green. But also, the Very Green was the one that I liked the most. So, like again, like for me... The hazy style doesn't resonate for me. I don't want the soft boy. I don't want just like 
juice in my mouth. If I wanted juice, I would go and get juice. And I put some vodka in it. Fair but enough. at least Berry Green gives me like enough interestingness that I can I can stick with it. Well, well I had to resample the Very Green and the Mega Treat because those are only two I bought. But the Mega Treat's going to be it for me. There's something about the. It's a touch sweet on the malt bill, but I was just in the mood for it, and that's going to give it the advantage. Josh, what are you going to tap of the is, three is, that you bought? Okay, cool. As much as I love the treats, uh, Very Green is is got a special place in my heart because, yeah. again, like I have said, like I know the Julius and Green are kind of the two big like flagships, and I always like Green over Julius, yep. and so give me an Imperial version. Fuck yes. Yep, yep, yep. I'm in. Yep. Jeff, end of the show. Where are we at? We're at the end of the show. Come to craftbeercast.com. Check us out. Tell a friend. Tell somebody. Support us. Love us. Send us, you know, thoughtful messages on Twitter. Not threads. Josh keeps trying threads, but he's apparently being marketed to by all the AI porn bots. Yep. Read into that whatever you want. Yep. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, again, reach out to us if you want to uh, get in contact. You can send us email, contact at craftbeercast.com or Twitter, DM us, CBcast on the, on the, on the X, whatever. Going to give it to you. Uh, Facebook.com slash craftbeercast as well. Check us out. Wells, can they find you anywhere? Uh, you know, fuck waiting for you to get on your own. Uh, at all the Wells is going to deliver it to you. Josh, uh, right. you? don't forget about our subreddit slash r slash craft beer cast. Rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and we will talk to you next Thursday. Uh,